0: Welcome back to the YBF Podcast. It's your girl, Natasha, back with another episode of our YBF Politics Vertical. So that means, you guessed it, we have a fabulous political-inspired and political-based guest. And we're gonna talk about some things that we haven't really talked about yet with our previous guests who are politicians or an activist. We're talking about politics from a different angle. Um, Not just politics, but, how we even groom people to be in politics. And this is such an important conversation. And I'm so excited to talk to the president of this fabulous organization. Um, And we're gonna get into what they do, um, why they're here for women, progressive women, democratic women, and women of color specifically, but not only. Um, And we're gonna get into everything that they're about because I think it's just so necessary, so needed, and I can't wait to hear all the fabulous things you guys are doing. So please welcome to the show, Ashanti Golar, the president of Emerge. Hello. Hello to you. Thank you for having me, Minas Yes, of course. Thanks for being here. Um, and just so everyone understands how the universe works, um, about a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting on a panel um, about politics and voter suppression and just talking about the effects of those things. And we got into a a conversation about why people are so disenfranchised from voting, even even after, even outside of voter suppression, just why people are so disenfranchised from voting. And I said, I don't blame them because if you really look at the landscape of things, it does feel like your vote doesn't matter. It does feel like what you say doesn't really go you know like it it doesn't you don't have a huge say in everything that's happening right now so i asked one of the panelists how do we combat that what can we do differently if we're seeing that there's only two candidates there we're not really you know, emphatic about either one one of them. Part of that is because we didn't have much say about who even got that far, who even got to the primary stage, who even got past the primary stage. So how do we change that? And that person said, we need candidate incubators. And I'm like, huh, a candidate incubator. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think that that Existed, but it makes perfect sense. That's how you create and groom the type of people that you want to see Representing you or at least in the running to do so you don't always need the Democratic chair or the Republican Party chair to choose those people so crazy enough I was doing research and this organization popped up while I was doing research about that and They also reached out around the same time. So y'all it's just so it's it's just it's just in the stars that we chat. so i love it (laughs) so ashanti please tell us tell us what emerge is about why you were inspired to to affiliate yourself with the organization and what are the goals absolutely so with emerge how i came to the
1: organization is i'm a co-founder of emerge nevada which was founded in 2006 and at the time I was the first black woman president of the young Democrats in Nevada, also the first woman president. Now, mind you, that's an organization that had been around since the 1960s. right? And I was the first woman, the first black person to hold that role for an organization where we know the majority of black people identify with the democratic party. right? And I received an email one day from Maria Stark, who was, leading the organization at the time, asking me to get involved with bringing this organization emerged to the state, which wanted to focus on recruiting and training Democratic women to run for office. And that really resonated with me, not only from the position that I was in, but also looking around Nevada, I could count the number of Black-ground Indigenous women in elected office on one hand. I didn't have a lot of people that I could go to for mentorship and support. I had to look to Washington, D.C., which is where I discovered the colored girls. And it just brought back to me just all the memories of being a young girl who learned that she loved politics at a young age. I fell in love with C-SPAN, but I didn't see a lot of women. I didn't see a lot of people of color. Of course, that makes you think, is this world even for me? So I knew I absolutely wanted to get involved with Emerge and we created Emerge Nevada. And our mission is really simple, to recruit and train Democratic women, empower them to run and win. We've trained over 4,000 women. Half of them have run for office. Almost 800 of them are currently serving in elected office. We're in 27 states across the country. And what we do is we demystify the process of running for office. But we are very serious about the fact that if we want to have an inclusive democracy, some people say reflective democracy. I believe in an inclusive democracy. That means that we have to have people from all walks of life running for elected office. So we don't immediately look for the candidate who has immediate name recognition, or comes from the political family, or who can self-fund. Not to shun those candidates, but that's how it goes a lot of the time. That's who people look for, and that's how we get a political system that looks the way that it does. So for us, this is about the London Breeze of the world, who is the mayor of San Francisco and who grew up in public housing. This is for Leslie Harris, who is the first open LGBTQ black woman state legislator in Colorado. This is for Rachel Rollins, who is the first black woman DA in Suffolk County in Boston, who was one of the reformed black women prosecutors. So it is us making space for those women to run for office and serve and create the inclusive democracy that we know we all need. That's if people ask this all the time, well, why women? And the fact is, Women are 51% of the population. We're most certainly not 51% of elected offices. There are 520,000 elected offices in this country. Men occupy about three-fourths of those offices.
0: How many did you say? Let me write this stat down, because I've never actually heard that.
1: There are 520,000 elected offices in this country. That means there are 520,000 people that we vote for to make decisions for us in our daily lives. That is a lot of freaking people. And when we look at women, women are more collaborative. They are consensus driven. They co-sponsor and introduce more bills, but women also look out for the whole community. There's normally just one issue that inspires a woman to want to run for office, but when she's serving, she is about everybody. And when we look at cities, States that are doing very well during this health pandemic that we're in, and also dealing with this racial injustice pandemic, those cities and states led by women are doing fairly better. So there's just also a lot to say yeah. about the fact that, right, <laughs> when women are in
0: office, women get things done. Mm-hmm. Of course, no shocker here, but it's. <laughs> it, 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 it's why you're here, it's getting over that hurdle. We all know this, men know it too, but it's getting over that hurdle to get them into office to 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 for us to all benefit from the fabulosity that women bring. Um, and Absolutely. that's why you all are necessary and needed. Um, so what I wanted you to tell me, um, sorry, I have hair all over my mouth. Uh, what I wanted you to tell me is I want to go into exactly what this looks like. If I say I just woke up one day and felt like I wanted to run for office, it didn't matter if it was the—I don't know—city councilor, school board, all the way to president. I'm assuming, but if I wanted to run for office, what do your? I looked on the website. You have boot camp. You have the the, the campaign training and all these things. What is a typical treatment plan for? Natasha, if she woke up wanting to say I wanted to run for office, what would I be doing day to day with Emerge? So the first step, you did
1: it. You said that you want to run for office. Mm -hmm. And we tell women that is the first thing that you have to do. And once you have that in your mind, don't let anyone try to talk you out of it. So we're glad that you've decided to run for office. What we do at Emerge is we walk you through all of the steps that it takes to run an effective campaign. Because the fact is, running for office is hard. It's not easy. If it was super easy, everyone would do it. But there are things that you have to learn. The first thing is, okay, what office are you running for and why? That is extremely important because you want to make sure that you're running for an office where you can actually get the things accomplished that you care about. Because you don't want to be on the waterboard if you really care about school issues. Right. Like, make sure that you're on the school board and that you can be extremely effective. So we talk about what office you're running for, why, what you're going to get accomplished there. How do you get your name on the ballot? That is something extremely important. Right now, everyone's talking about Kanye. Right. Kanye running for president, this and that. And I saw all the tweets. I was like, what? What ballot is fool gonna get on? Like, what? It is well, crazy so- enough. He just got on one. Got on one. Right. Right. Not like, So I was like, I want to see how all of this plays out. Like, right. how is he going to deal with this? So we talk about how do you get yourself on the ballot? What are the deadlines to get yourself on the ballot? We talk about what campaign staff will you possibly need? Writing a campaign plan. What does that look like? Two important things that we hear from women all the time, fundraising and public speaking. You mean I got to get up in front of people and ask them for money? Yes. That is a part of campaigning, but we teach you how to do it. We teach you how to deal with social media during this time, how to use it effectively, but also the fact that we know that women get very harassed on social media. So how do you deal with the trolls? How are you dealing with the hate? How do you get these endorsements? You see all these organizations endorsing people. How do you get to some of those? But we also create this space for women who are going through the same thing. So you are also with like minded women who want to run for office. So it's giving them that space to ask us those questions that you really can't do in a mixed environment. Right. It is the questions about, okay, I know that I'm a mom and people are gonna be like, Why aren't you home with your kids? Why are you knocking these doors? why are you knocking these doors? Do and do those are that? legit questions that women get asked when they're campaigning. Why aren't you home with your kids? These are not questions that men get at all. They get questions about, you know, just, are you even qualified to do this? What about all these things in your past? We talk about owning it, like get ahead of it. Right. Be truly honest. We help women walk through all that. There's a conversation about, all right, my partner is being a total ass. Anyone else's partner being an ass? All right, how are you dealing with that? Right. so it's not only us walking women through all of those elements of the campaign but also them being able to talk to other women who are going through it and have those conversations and one of the things that our alums have started to call them selves is sisters so the emerge sisterhood so they create these bonds so also once you finish our program you're not alone You have the staff that helps you with the campaign, but you also have your Emerge sisters who are there to help you along the way. So it's waking up, knowing you want to run for office, signing up to do Emerge, and we spend that time getting you ready and prepared to be a great candidate on the campaign trail, but we're also just not leaving you out there alone. You can always come back to us for advice and support, which is something you don't get from a lot of training organizations.
0: And when these people when these women sign up and start this boot camp process, um, I'm assuming it's maybe both in person and digital because you all have offices in specific states and you were even saying on your website, you know, if you want to bring a merge to your state, then do this, do that. So is it do, do you have to be say say a merge isn't in your state. Is it possible to still Associate with you and get your services, or does it need to be literally like an in-person situation with an emerge representative there in your state?
1: You know, it is both. We do pride ourselves on our in-person signature training program, which is the seventy hours over five to seven months. Oh, so wow. that is our bread and butter. Look, we we get into it. When I say you're gonna learn lots of things, you're gonna oh. learn lots of things. I love it. So that is our signature program that we do in person, but with COVID, we moved that online. We did have a lot of women in our training program at that time who finished the program. I've actually been speaking to a few eMERGE graduations, which is great. And a new curriculum that we created was our campaigning through crisis because we knew the fact is, okay, this pandemic is going to completely change. How people are campaigning and we wanted to make sure that we're helping women with a pivot for your communications, for your social media you can't knock doors anymore how are you reaching voters so that was something that we did online and then we also have our national boot camps that we do and those are for women who may be in a state where we don't have an eMERGE program you can come and do the boot camp Especially if you're an active candidate who's running and you've never had any training and you will like some training, that is what our boot camp is for is to help those women who woke up, made the hard decision to run for office to give them that support to make sure that they can win.
0: And the type of I do see that you all do specifically focus on democratic women, but there's different types of democrats as well. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. do you all Are you all specific about the type of uh, political affiliation of the women that approach you, of who you will work with? Um, And so there's conservative Democrats, there's liberal Democrats, there's progressives, there's there's green people who also identify as Democrats. Is there a distinction on your end? No. For us, if you are a self-identified
1: Democratic woman, Emerge is for you. And that's because we know it runs the entire spectrum. And the fact is, it's like if you're a conservative Democrat, that's gonna work well in some of these states where your area may be more conservative. It's why we have our affiliate structure because running for office in Georgia is very different than running for office in California. Running for office in Virginia, very different than running for office in Washington State. So it's that reason that we have our affiliate structure so that the women are trained to run in their state for the people that they are going to represent. So if you're a self-identified Democratic woman who wants to run, you have a home at Emerge because we teach you how to be the best candidate for your district, which is something we extremely need right now because so many people feel that their elected officials have failed them, that they're not getting things done. So we're gonna help you be that best candidate for your constituents
0: um have have you ever told anyone no
1: oh gosh so we have not told people no we do have an application program and we accept women into the program based upon where they are at we really do want women who are looking to run for office in three to five years so those are the women that we're really looking to get into the program. Look, you, you got to build a bench. You got to get the women ready. Yeah. I tell people all the time, one thing you don't want to tell me is that you can't find a qualified Democratic woman to run for office. Right. right? <laughs> that will get you punched in the throat. Just right. Don't say that to me. There's so many. So we do prioritize women that we take in the program, but for the women we don't accept, we do send them to some of our other offerings that we do have such as a taste of emerge you know to help them really get ready with thinking about all the things that they need to do to run for office because we do have women who apply to the program who know they want to run but aren't sure about that office if the timing is right still still offering that support mm-hmm. but then we also send them to other training programs who would be a better fit for them at the time where yeah. they're at on their journey Which is, I always tell people, Emerge is extremely collaborative in this space. We're not competitive at all. Because if we wanna get 50% of women in these elected offices, not only one organization can do it. You need different partners. And then also for some women, our program may not be the fit for them. It may not be great to do 70 hours at this time, so they may need something shorter. So sending them to different organizations. For us, we're not here to tell women, no, don't run for office. They're going to get that from other people at all. It's for us, is if you're applying to the program, we accept those women who are like definitely ready on their journey. And for the women who we don't accept, still supporting them so we can get them ready for their journey.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, We were talking before we really, really started about leadership and how there's certain situations that pop up that you can't train for specifically. You yeah. just overall have to be a prepared and good leader, period. And then if you are, you can really handle anything that comes at you. Will you handle it perfectly? No. But you can you're you have the ability, you have the tools, you have the resources, you have the experience to at least handle it to the best of your ability that eventually will be good and right unfortunately we do not have that in our federal government right now when it comes to the white house yeah um what are you teaching the the women candidates now um with, with this pandemic going on knowing that this could happen again and knowing that there's i feel like every day is freaking jumanji like every day there's a new something, a bubonic plague, a something. Like, so it's just preparing us that there's gonna be more craziness to come. So what are you training and teaching the women now that's different than you were before the pandemic? So when the pandemic hit,
1: just like you said, we knew that we absolutely weren't going to get the leadership that we needed and deserved from the White House. And that it was gonna be the state and local leaders who are going to get it done. So at Emerge right now, our, the thing we're talking about is leaders matter. That's our hashtag we're currently using because leadership does matter at this time. And we are seeing women become strong leaders. What we're telling our alums now is the same thing that we would tell them if there wasn't a pandemic, if there were we we're still in normal times. I don't even know what that means anymore <laughs> is like lead with confidence, lead with faith, trust your gut you were elected for a reason you're in that position for a reason and i really want to highlight black women mayors right now i mentioned london breed but we know there's other black women mayors across the country who are just killing it with their leadership and they will all tell you i actually sit back and i listen to the people around me because i also surround myself with smart people Right. I know that I'm not going to know everything, yep. so I listen to the experts. Mayor London Bree, she will tell you, I listened to the experts and they told me the stuff coming out of D.C., that ain't the truth. This is going to get really bad. So she took those early steps in San Francisco with social distancing, sheltering in place. But we also know because she was a woman mayor, a black woman mayor, she faced criticism. She yes. was ridiculed. People yep. said she was overreacting. Literally on the day that she was doing shelter in place, stay at home in San Francisco, you had de Blasio telling the people in New York, just go about your business. This isn't a big thing, you'll be fine. Guess what? San Francisco was one of the first cities to flatten the curve. Unfortunately, we know what happened in New York. So what we're telling our women during this time is, continue to lead with confidence. And at the end of the day, it's better to have someone say you overreacted than not to have reacted at all and you kept people safe. And that's what we're seeing our women do, not only just from those decisions that they're making, but how they're looking at the aspects of how this pandemic is impacting people that other people didn't even see, such as with school lunches, knowing that so many of the students, that's where they get their only meal of the day. So we had lots of our eMERGE alums working with the USDA to make it so that parents could just go to any school to pick up a lunch for their kids, to make it that simple. I mentioned Rachel Rollins earlier, when we were all saying, stay at home, is the safest place. She was one of the first ones to say, home is actually not the safest place for victims of domestic violence. So we have to make sure that we're not shuttering those services, we're expanding those services, And she raised awareness. And unfortunately, what did we see? We saw an increase in domestic violence, but those services were still there. So it's not only that leadership that, all right, I'm gonna handle just the health side of this pandemic and everything that's coming, but I'm also smart enough to know as a woman and with my lived experiences, these are all of the other aspects of life that this pandemic yeah. is going to impact
0: out of lead on those as well yeah yeah that's really i love when people have foresight I, I do think it comes from wisdom and um confidence like you said but i think it comes from wisdom and experience and a lot of times us women we are even from other women sometimes are forced to question that but i think it's in our innate nature to have better foresight than anyone else um and we just have to trust that so i love that i love that you teach that and press that um so in 2018 eMERGE women won 415 seats overall and that's yes. i mean crazy and great i love it what are we predicting for 2020 oh we're still going to have a lot of wins even
1: in this pandemic we've still seen a lot of eMERGE victories across the country Just in Maine, we had so many of our alums win that we're really excited about. But I think the best story that I can tell about how important voting is during this time, how people are still seriously taking elections, and how women are still really great, and in many cases, preferred candidates, is with our Emerge Wisconsin affiliate. We didn't even know that they were going to have their elections until election eve there was just all this back and forth about how it's going to be postponed but they ended up having the elections we had 59 of our emerge wisconsin alums on the ballot 50 of those women won their races and we know that there was huge turnout in wisconsin so the fact is women's leadership isn't slowing down at all and when we talk about women getting elected into these roles I really don't like when people dismiss it as a wave because i also think that just diminishes women and what we're able to accomplish and it also diminishes women who are in elected office who are running for higher office and getting elected to those seats right. but the fact is this is a movement emerged has been around since 2002 we know that you have to work on this every single day So what we're seeing with women running and winning, this is how it's supposed to be. This is what we have been building up to, is having more and more of these women win, especially more and more Black women win these seats. But the fact is, even with all of these women running and winning, it won't be until the 2080s that we'll reach parity. And that's just 50% women in In the 2080s, even (laughs) at... The record, I know, whenever I tell people that, even with the record number of women who are running and winning, that is how far off we are from parity. But I also want to be clear, when I'm talking about parity, 50% women, 50% men, that doesn't mean we're going to have parity in every state. That doesn't mean we're going to have parity in every elected office. That doesn't mean black, brown, indigenous women, LGBTQ women, women with disabilities, young women will be at parity. At the end of the day, I always say this work has no end date. This is something that we need to continue to do. And we're just going to continue to see more women running and more women winning. But even with all these record numbers of women running, we still don't have women running at the same rate as men. don't hmm. have more men who are running, but when women run for office, they win at equal rates as men. So part of this has to be us getting more women running, which is why this.
0: And I think another major factor is resources and money. And yes. how do you all attack that? She could be the best candidate in the yeah. world, but she don't have the money.
1: Exactly. We talk about it all the time, especially for Black women. That is a huge barrier. We hear about these words all the time. Are they a viable candidate? Are they <laughs> electable? And I really can't stand those words because what you're really saying is straight white men, because that is what we have always been. That's not the to be. Yeah, that's the standard. That is what We have always deemed to be electable. That is what we have always deemed to be viable, that they are the candidates who can always win a race. And then as candidates of color, we also have to contend with this old antiquated notion that I also can't stand that people of color can only represent people of color. When a white person wants to run in a district that is majority people of color, no one says anything. But heaven forbid, a person of color try to run in a majority white district, oh, you can't win here. So there are all of these things that women candidates have to deal with even before they decide to run. And then you do have to deal with the resources. And you will have people tell you all the time, well, it's not your turn. No one there is gonna vote for you. You know, Just wait and we can find something else for you. And I tell women all the time that If women constantly listen to the naysayer, the person that told them no, we wouldn't have any women in elected office, period. Because there's always going to be those people. And you can raise the money. You can overcome those barriers. But we don't act like they don't exist because they do, especially for Black women when they're running. Fundraising is one of the biggest barriers. Most Black women actually win their races by low dollar donations. Which is something that I focus on a lot, and people need to realize: your five dollars, your ten dollars, your twenty-five dollars a month that you can give to a candidate, that adds up in the long run. And what women don't have in resources and money, they make up in shoe leather and having a really good message to get out to their community to do things. So we talk about the fact that, yeah, as a black woman, it's going to be doubly harder for you to get it done because we have to realize we're also playing in a system that was not built for us. We're playing in a system that never even anticipated our political participation. And we got to talk about gatekeepers. Gatekeepers do not look like us. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day for them, a lot of this is retaining their power. You can be the absolute best candidate and they know it, but if you kick out Johnny, and Johnny is my connection to getting all of my things done, that messes up my power. Yep. So we have to realize, too, there's all these power dynamics at play as well that lead to these barriers, because we are here disrupting systems. And there's right. a lot of people who don't want us doing that.
0: Right. And real quick, because I do have a question about that specifically, how many Black women are your alums right now who are running in 2020? Oh my goodness. I got to get
1: the updated numbers, but I have to say at least a good
0: third of them, Okay, we're excited about. Okay. And how many total do you have? Our total Black alums... Or no, I mean total, total alums oh.
1: 2020, I mean, running for all oh, Oh, we have 715
0: alums running. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. I love the growth. Um, So, back to what you were saying about gatekeepers. Um, That brings me to the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. Yeah, let's um, talk about it. Yeah, and listen, I understand politics. I get it. I understand why we have a bipartisan system. I understand that there has to be a regular a regulatory board of sorts to choose the can. I mean, you have to have some type of form of organization here in order to choose candidates for your party. The issue that I'm seeing and Alexandria um, Ocasio Cortez brought this up a lot and got a lot of flack for it. The issue that I'm seeing is, are you all really the organizational board for the entire Democratic Party and not really to me because the certain people that you all have chosen to back one i don't remember being asked if it was okay to back that candidate in i don't know kentucky or wherever it was like i don't remember checking any box or you didn't send me anything i'm a registered democrat you didn't send me anything and what happens is it ends up being when people say Oh, i feel like i'm choosing between the Worst of two evils sometimes it is that way because I feel like the Democratic Party has chosen incorrectly who they're deciding to back and now they have their reasons for doing that I understand this is politics but at some point you have to open up a little bit and and play the game a little bit look how look how well AOC did look how well these extremely progressive candidates like Ayanna Pressley did so why not it's almost like you're leaving money on the table a little bit. Why not be like, hey, I see this this next generation of people kind of storming the gates. Why not give them our resources as well because they have found almost like a cheat code to getting in so that can only help us as a party. We don't have to work as hard. We don't have to go out and handpick these people that are probably, you know, probably owe favors to or whatever however you want to do the politics you can do that but also take advantage of these extremely strong and and willful and they just are go-getter people who can do this without your backing go ahead and give them some backing so that we can get great people that people want to choose from Um, and i I saw this happen with um what, what were we just talking about um uh i don't i don't remember the exact candidate Uh, and i can't even remember the state but we were basically talking about a candidate um in at the panel discussion uh uh, the democratic candidate that was put up for office i believe it was the attorney general in colorado um with that whole case with the with the with the with the 25 year old boy not boy but 25 year old man who you know was just beat to death for no reason because somebody thought he looked Suspicious and called the police and I'm looking up like well, who's the Attorney General because uh-uh. And it's a white Democratic man and I'm like, are you serious? You didn't even bring ch- you're not doing anything at all But I also saw that he was backed by the Democratic Party and literally handpicked to do this job Why is that, you know, and so he's now running unopposed in the next election um, We're running unopposed in the primary So we don't even have a say to even get him out of office. We now have to pick between him and a Republican these are the things that are issues so how do yeah. we and how do you how how do we address this situation and i don't want to say circumvent but circumvent the democratic party and still push our people who have a chance to win yes yeah. and i love this
1: question and
0: i'm always honest about it
1: and I think that leads me to say there's a lot of people who absolutely love Emerge. Thank you to any of our supporters who are listening. I love our supporters, especially our donors and our sponsors that make it possible for us to do this work. But there's a lot of people who aren't happy that we're doing this work because in their eyes, we're doing exactly what you said, Natasha. We are building up that next generation of leaders who can run for seats who are not hand-chosen we still have so many people in the Democratic Party system who believe that it works where we sit in a room and we go through our phones and we figure Ouch. out who is the best person to run for this seat. And right. the majority of those people are white people. The majority of the people on their phone are white people. And that is how we get those candidates. So it's also about the fact that we need to be diversifying the ranks and having more of us in these rooms where those decisions are made, totally different conversation, but something that I talk about all the time. And we need to get these people to run. Do not ask for permission. Do not be scared of this system. So many of our Emerge alums, when they ran, they were not the preferred candidate at all. Mm -hmm. They had people who on election night the news wasn't at their election party; they were at the uh, their opponent's election party because they're like, this person has no chance of winning, and they ended up winning. Right, and now they're making change. Right, and we we've seen this a lot, especially post 2016. Is there are those endorsed candidates, those preferred candidates that are put up, and they lose, and that reason is because the voters are paying attention. The voters are saying, we are going to decide who is best to represent us. We don't want people in Washington telling us what is best for our community. And we saw that with all of these women, women of color who got elected to Congress in 2018, with AOC. I was looking, I was like she's gonna resonate with a lot of people, but no one thought that. With Ayanna Presley, I love the Congresswoman so much. She was a founding board member of Emerge Massachusetts. Oh, amazing. With, with her race, again, people did not think that she would win at all. Totally thought the incumbent was a shoo-in. And I interviewed her on my podcast, The Brown Girl Side to Politics. And when I talked to her about it, she summed it up so eloquently as she does everything, she said, you can't pull transformations. You can't pull what is happening in these cities unless you are really on the ground, if you are that person who is in tune with the community. And that's how she won her race. That's how Sharice Davis won. That's how Deb Holland won. That is how all of these groundbreaking women did it because they are in tune with the majority of their community. Right. So that is what is going to take is just running and just doing it, and don't be scared that you don't have the the blessing. You know, no one's like what is it like with a little sword, what <laughs> Queen Elizabeth does. Yeah. You don't need that. You don't need that at all to run for office. And what we're seeing with so many women running, women of color running, especially these young women running you don't have to wait your turn. You don't have to wait to be asked. And yes, there's always going to be the Democratic Party. I've worked twice at the Democratic National Committee. I love my party, but for me, loving my party is also being honest about the things that my party exactly. does not do well. Exactly. I got to be honest about our shortcomings, our failures, and we got to be a lot better at getting these people in office who truly represent the community. Right. And I think that is so true right now with dealing with everything we've been seeing over the past two weeks with our racial injustice pandemic as i call it when you're looking at these city councils that are actually making changes to their systems who are doing police reform criminal justice reform all of those people on the city council they were not the preferred candidates Right. They were people who were like, people were like oh, you're not going to win at all. But they're there and they're getting it done. And that's how you make change. And that ties back to how we started the conversation. And you said there's so many people who just don't care because they're like, I don't see the difference. I don't see the change. Those cities have changed because people did vote for those candidates. It is possible. And I tell people, like, it's not going to happen overnight We created Emerge Nevada in 2006. It wasn't until 2019 that we saw Nevada become the first female majority state legislature due to Emerge Nevada alum. But we can't get complacent because that is what they are relying on. For us to get complacent, to continue to not care, and that is how the system will continue to not
0: change. Right, it took them decades to set up their strategy to get to exactly what we see now it's going to take a long time to dismantle it and to put something new in place so people just need patience but also i encourage people to look to your local governments like you said if your only if your only measurement of success is did congress pass this or did the president get elected that i wanted to get elected you're going to be waiting a hot minute but if you look at your immediate you know local government you might be overlooking what they're doing you know yes i tell people all the time the state and
1: local offices have the biggest impact on our daily lives yeah. and i i tell this story all the time i worked in the obama administration at the department of labor for secretary Felice. and we were out doing a visit we were doing black engagement we were leaving a church and this woman came up behind me we were even like hugged on my dress, and completely went off on me about this pothole on her street. Or why hasn't President Obama fixed this pothole? Because she donated to him. She voted voted for him. She wants her pothole fixed. I was like, ma'am, the president doesn't deal with potholes. Yeah. He has lots of other things to do. And I was like, so who are your local city people? Do you have a council? Do you have a commission? She's like, oh, I don't know. I don't pay attention to them. I don't vote for them.
0: That's literally
1: that. <laughs> and I said, and that is why you still have that puzzle. Right, right. So you got to think, you got, and you also, everyone, we have to hold these people accountable after we elect them. Yes. That is just key yes. to all of this. Don't act like you voted for them and it's all said and done. Yeah, right. Keep up with what they are doing when they're in elected office. Especially mm-hmm. now, so many things are being broadcast you know, over the internet, watch these hearings, watch these sessions. So many of these people count on people not showing up to hear what they're doing, to learn what they're doing in order to stay in office. Constantly hold their feet to the fire. Like that is how you're also going to get things done. It's not just getting them in there. You got to make sure they're doing what they said they were going to do when they're in there.
2: Yes.
0: It just reminded me of this movie I just watched. Have you seen uh, Miss Virginia? with uzo adoba Uzo. oh i leader. have it oh my god you I have, have it. it um and it's it kind of touches on that about how city councils and all that play those politics and move and move meetings around and are trying everything in their power to not allow you the citizen the advocate to come up and advocate for what you want to advocate for because they want to stand power and they don't want to deal with mm-hmm. you so you can't let that as a citizen and as a voter, you cannot let that deter you. You have to stay on their ass and make sure everything gets done that you say you want done. So I we agree, do, and
1: I can't remember his name at the moment, but I'm sure everyone has seen the video about Pawnee Like yes, that's what you need yes. to be doing
0: for school board. Yeah,
1: yes, from Louisiana, like. You need to be that man, (laughs) be out there and call out Connie and all her little friends.
0: Yes. They need to be doing a better job. Yes. He had all the receipts. He also needs to work for office, but that's a different story. He does. Um, so let's talk about your success story. So, um, Attica Scott, who won the Kentucky yeah. state house. Let's talk about why, and this is why I like to connect the dots in our a mm-hmm. politics vertical. Um, let's talk about why that win in her position is so important to what's happening right now in Kentucky.
1: Yes. Absolutely love Attica Scott, one of my just favorite human beings, and her daughter is also named Ashanti, so once I found that (laughs) out, I'm just like, this is also why we love each other, but going back to taking on incumbents, Attica took on an incumbent, a sitting Democratic state legislator in Kentucky, primaried him, won that primary, Attica is the first black woman to serve in the Kentucky State House in 20 years. She is the only black woman serving in the Kentucky State House. She recruited one of her Emerge sisters to run for office. She ran, she won, and now she's the only Indian woman
0: in the Kentucky State House. I think we talked about
1: her. So when we, it does tie in everything that we talked about. Attica didn't wait for someone to tell her to run for that seat. She ran for that seat and she is extremely vocal. One of the issues that she's very vocal on right now is getting justice for Breonna Taylor. She is out there all the time calling for it. And she's the only black woman voice in the Kentucky State House calling for justice
0: for a black woman, y'all and asking a black man to do it. But don't get me started on this. Ooh. Don't do it. Again,
1: and it, it, it goes back to what we're talking about with the other AGs. One of our partnerships that I'm really proud of is we have the 1881 initiative with the Democratic Attorney General's Association to Ooh. get more women in these roles yes. because we want to kiss Jane in office. I can only imagine how different things would be in Kentucky if they had a Tish James as their attorney general. So it's getting, again, it's all levels of elected office. So when we talk about Attica and why her story is important, it's not only what she did, but her background from where she came. People from her background weren't running for office. They weren't doing all of these things. But she stood up and she did it. And she's recruiting more women. To do it with her, so shout out to Queen Attica. Yeah.
0: That's how I always start off my emails to her. I'm like, "Hey, Queen, <laughs> that's amazing!" And congrats to her because honestly, if if she wasn't there for us, who would be? Who would right. be? I mean, we're relying right. on Portia Williams from Housewives and NFL stars <laughs> to get arrested to bring attention. This is what this is right. what we're doing, guys. So.
1: Right, but just think too about all of the commissions, councils, boards across the country where there are no black women, no black people. That is why we're seeing all of this foolery because there is no one there to advocate for us who knows our lived experiences, who knows how these bills, these laws will disproportionately impact our community. Our voices at the table
0: make such a huge difference. And speaking of the table, another thing Ayanna Presley said that I love is that we don't need any more brown faces at the table that are not speaking for brown faces. So that brings me to Daniel Cameron, who is a problem. And this is why people like Attica and her position are so important. If y'all can't see these dots connecting, I don't know what to tell you, but (laughs) this is what we're talking about. Sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, you need your own, somebody who looks like you who can relate and it's not anything bad on people that don't look like you it's just it's human nature to operate from a point of your compassion can only come from what you've experienced and what you know if you don't know my life because you don't know anyone in my life or you've never had my life because how could you if you don't have my skin color or my culture then you would have to step outside yourself and make a conscious effort every minute of the day to try to accommodate what my needs will be yeah that is what you should be doing but let's keep it real are they no so why not put also people that look like you and have your same shared experiences in that position so this is why it's so important guys like not only to vote i understand it feels like your vote doesn't matter but it only doesn't matter because they didn't they set it up for it not to matter You know what I'm saying? So clearly it does matter because they're going out of their way to make it not matter. So until we change that, which we're trying to do with getting these people from like the the candidates from Emerge elected um, in positions that have direct impact over your life, but eventually that starts to change the overall system. So your vote does matter. So
2: Mm -hmm.
0: guys, do y'all see it now? Um, And also Lucy McBath, um, she also, mother the mother of Jordan Davis also won her election. I was so excited about that. Um tell me why that one was so important to me. that one is really
1: personal for me. I I followed Jordan's case. You know, I thought it was tragic and that's how I first got familiar with Lucy. Just her strength in that courtroom. But then also her forgiveness too Ooh. for, you know, the the man yeah. who killed her son. I tell her all the time, Congresswoman, you're better than me, but you know, that's one of the things that makes Lucy so great, but when Jordan got killed, she became a gun violence prevention activist, and she would lobby state houses, lobby members of Congress, and they would constantly tell her, there's nothing that we can do for you at all. You know, we just, you know, hands are tied, just sorry for your loss, but nothing can be done. So Shannon Watts, who is the founder of Mom's Demand, sent me an email one day and she was like, Ashanti, we got to get Lucy to run. Will you talk to her? Will you be in Atlanta soon? I said, I'm actually going to be there in two weeks. She's like, okay, I want to connect you. So Shannon and I teamed up to get Lucy to run. So I sat down with Lucy at that time. She was thinking about running for state house, And I let her know Lucy... You have everything that you need to run for office. Come do an eMERGE boot camp. We'll make sure that you just get the skills to learn how to run a great campaign. And she did our boot camp that we had in Atlanta in 2017. And in February 2018, she called me and she said, Shanti, I've been praying on it, but my heart is really in Congress. I know that's where I want to be, I know that's where I can get things done. And I said, Lucy, absolutely do it. We, you know, you are getting started late. There's gonna be a primary, you'll probably have a runoff, but I totally believe that you can win this seat. And she did it and, you know, she beat Karen Handel. You know, it was a post-election, but now she's in Congress and getting legislation passed that people told her that could not get done right. at all. And that goes to just us talking about our experiences the people closest to the pain to be closest to the power. And that is very true with Lucy's case, everything that she is able to accomplish. So I, I love Lucy so much. I'm glad about everything that she has done and how she's also inspired so many women, unfortunately, who have also lost children to gun violence to step up and run. She's been that inspiration, that role model that they've needed. So very, very proud to call Lucy an Emerge alum and glad that I was able to work to yeah. really get her to take that step forward for
0: office. The, um, the, the shooter, the killer in her son's case at first got off, but then in the retrial was mm-hmm. was convicted. And, um, but he used the standard Ground law. and this happened in Florida. So we all know mm-hmm. how that goes. And I'm yeah. just hoping that if people can understand that when we, complain about certain laws on the books. The only way those laws stop hurting us is if you put someone in office to combat and contradict what another person in office set there already. It can't just magically disappear because you protested against it. It has to be literally and legally legislate it off the books. So the way that you do that is to put someone in office who will legislate it off the books. So I'm not even sure if Georgia has that. Well, I would not be surprised if they did. But um, if they do, I hope that that's one of um, one of the things that she, you know, bills and piece of legislation and policy that she's working on as well. Because like you said, if you're closest to the pain, you need to be closest to the power. So if this is something that she's experienced firsthand, which she has, it would be so amazing if that's one of the things that she takes on, but just trying to connect the dots for people. This is how you get the actual change done. Yes, it's important mm-hmm. to protest. Yes, it's important to bring awareness because that's how you get the ball run, rolling and the momentum and the people behind you. Okay, but once we have all that, somebody has to write that legislation to get it off the books as well. So that's mm-hmm. where we're at. And it's amazing that she's there because I'm pretty sure that's that's on her mind and that's what she's gonna be focused on, so. Amazing. Um, what are your thoughts on who should be chosen as as President Biden? Hopefully, as a President Biden's VP. No,
1: not gonna lie. I'm I'm very excited that VP Biden has said that he's going to pick a woman. There are lots of qualified, great women that he can choose from. I think there's a lot of great Black women that he can choose from as well uh, overall it it just excites me the fact that we're having this debate about what great woman should biden take for his VP. i mean i i have so many favorites like i i don't i'm not going to name names because i want to hurt people's feelings and then you know getting dms and everything people like to argue with me but i think there's so many great black women who would be fabulous from Stacey Abrams to Kamala Harris to Susan Rice, Val Jimmy, all fabulous women. If he does not pick them to be VP, I do want to see them somewhere in his cabinet because yeah. I also think that's part of the conversation we need to be having. That we're really not is, yeah, the VP is important too, but we're going to need people to go into these agencies and undo a whole bunch of foolery.
2: Yeah.
1: And we need to see some really good women in these positions, especially yeah. Black women. I would love to see like another Black woman lead the Department of Labor where I work, like HHS, DOJ. I think there's just so many areas where Black women's voices are needed, not only on the ticket, but throughout the entire administration. Okay. I think it can be great because overall when we just look at black women's representation as cabinet se- secretaries, mm-hmm. that's also low as well. So let's talk about getting the black women
0: in those roles too. Right. Well, I'm here for a black woman on the Supreme Court. That's my main concern. And if Biden says yes. like that, he's a shoo-in. I, I just have a feeling. I just have a feeling. <laughs>
1: he, he has promised us that. He has promised us a black woman on the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Like. He's
0: promised it, oh, yeah, yeah. Like.
1: Yeah. The, it, but if like Joe, you you Joe to not know, you know, see, that's where you really don't want black women coming after
0: you. We heard you say it, we heard right, it it. right, so, that's true. And if he I actually does it, he's getting reelected for sure. So, yeah, that's that's we you know, there's plenty of black women he can choose from plenty. for that role. Plenty. So. Um, who, what kind of characteristics, though, do you think, since you can't name names outside the names that have already been named, what type of characteristics should um, a VP have um, for, well, for Biden in particular, for him, for his presidency that we hope comes into fruition? What would those characteristics be that would serve his presidency well? I really
1: do think he needs to choose someone who can galvanize and excite people like okay. across the different bases. I think that is just gonna be so important. I don't want us to rely on just the anti-Trump vote. Right. Like, yes, that exists, but that cannot be the basis of everything. Mm-hmm. We gotta get people excited again about the presidency, what our president can do, what our country can be, because we know we've just become a laughing stock across the world. Like someone who's really just gonna get people pumped up and excited again about just this country and getting things back on the right track. I think that's gonna be the biggest thing and someone who can talk to these different constituencies well and not pander. Yes. I'm so sick of pandering. Like when you talk to the black community, Talk to us like you have some sense and you really know our issues. When you're talking to the Asian community, the, the Latino community, like don't tander, be real. Yeah. And it's something I tell our candidates all the time. If we ask you something and you don't have an answer, so you don't have the answer. Yeah. You'll get back to us. You'll get back to us. I'm like, Find someone who does, yeah. Find someone who does, educate yourself. Learn about it, mm-hmm. which is the best thing that you can do Figure out why you don't know the answer. Yeah, And like figure out your answer, do some education. I think that is gonna be the biggest thing that I would like
0: to see is that person who's really gonna get people just amped up and excited about voting. I totally agree, love it. Um, so I know we have to wrap soon since my last two questions. Um, which celebs would you like to see run for office?
1: Oh my goodness. <laughs> There has to be at least one Yeah. I think there's some who are really good. I really think Gabrielle Union would be great Interesting for chart. running for office. Okay. I think just there's so many things about her. I think that. Resonate with black women also. We know black women aren't a monolith right how she talks about her story with sexual assault Yes, she talks about her struggle to become a mom How she's now calling out racism at NBC? Like I think all of those things I think she would be a really great elected official and Because again her lived experience. I think she would be Relatable, and she'd be able to get a lot of things done. I think she's great. Um, this next one, just because I would just love to see the things that she would say in uh-huh. meetings, is Christy Tegan. I just think that would be so hilarious. She would have, have her, she would get zero F's about any of this and just do whatever she right. wants, <laughs> right? Just to like have her there live tweeting something. I, I'm just I just chose that one for my entertainment purposes only.
0: <laughs> like what politics? I'm gonna enact this law because I feel like it. That's just but, that's uh, really cool. someone
1: who I actually tweeted about because she talks about running for office a lot is Cardi B. So she yes. she did this tweet where she actually said, you know, oh. If I had more education, right. you know, right. I would run for office and I literally did my groan where I'm like, oh, <laughs> and because I, I, I get so tired of women thinking that they have to be the full package to right. run, that you have to have the master's degree or the doctoral degree. You got to have the husband. But well, none of the really, so. Right, exactly. Like this whole woke up said, I never run for office before. Bankrupted a whole bunch of countries, uh, companies. Married a whole bunch of women. I get to be president. Yeah, this fool can run. Yeah. Ladies, you can run. Yeah. But like, I tweeted at Cardi. I was like, Cardi, like, no, yeah. like, <laughs> you, you don't have to have like the education. Like, if you have the skills, the drive, yeah. the determination, yeah. that's all you need to run and succeed. Yeah. So. Also, I would just love to see her Instagram lives after she comes right. out of a committee hearing, posting right. people. I think that'd be great.
0: She would be epic on C-SPAN, that's all I know. Yeah. It's <laughs> Um, All right, so how can we, the people, help emerge and, um, and get involved, whether it's but if we want to run for office or if we just want to help you and help your organization, how do we get involved? Well, first, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about
1: this great work. People ask me all the time, what is bringing me joy during this time? And I say, it's the fact that I get to wake up and do this work every day. The women of the network inspire me. But you can find out more about Emerge. Our website is EmergeAmerica.org. On social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're at Emerge America. If you are a woman who wants to run for office, do it. I am asking you. That is your first official ask to run for office. Learn more about our programs. We will help train you. For all the men out there listening, ask those women in your life to step up and run for office. Men, you can support women as well along this journey. So ask them too. And you, by following us, you'll see all of the great initiatives that we're doing. We're doing our Leaders Matters virtual salon series where we're having conversations with not only our alums, but also different elected leaders. I'm having a conversation next week with Senator Cory Booker. And it's gonna be talking about how he really supports women running for office. He's a man who's in office and he's not at all threatened by supporting more women. So those are the great things that you can do to support us. And we also have a list of our alums that are on our website. So you can go to your state and see the great women who are running. And you can support their campaign if you find
0: out that their stances match yours. Yeah. Is there a cost involved to enter, to apply, or to do the training?
1: Yeah. So for the training, we do have a fee. No one has ever turned away because of their inability to pay. Okay. It's really not even the cost to put on the program. We raise money to do that. So it is asking a woman to invest, and it varies from as low well as. $300 to $1,500, depending on the state that you're in, the training costs more in state. But again, do not let that be a barrier at all to do the training. We always help everyone with the cost.
0: That's in line with our values. Okay, love it. Invest in yourself, ladies. We spend $1,500 on a couple pairs of your shoes, so do what you gotta do. All right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. And where are you located?
1: I'm located in D.C., so we have an office in D.C., we have an office in San Francisco, and I live in lovely Alexandria, Virginia. That's where
0: I used to live, yeah, after law school, after I dropped out of law school and um, I moved to Alexandria because I was working on the Hill, so yeah, (laughs) crazy, crazy. But um, thank you so much for doing this. This was such an informative discussion. And um, I hope our readers And listeners and viewers got something from this Um, If you didn't, I mean Really, why are you here? It's so obvious how the dots Connect here, guys Um, But yes, thank you for all the work that you've done Um, And guys, please, of course Subscribe, like, comment To everything that you see here um, On every platform From YouTube to Instagram To the podcast page If you listen on Spotify, iTunes, I don't know Wherever you are, however you're um, consuming this like comment and subscribe and tell a friend thank you guys for watching and listening and thank you Ashanti for doing this and um thanks thanks thank you so much I've enjoyed this conversation thank you thanks guys for watching talk soon